This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Now, everybody knows what a mezuzah is. If you don't, you need to come to Israel with us and we'll let you buy one there. Every Jewish person, every Hebrew person has a mezuzah on their doorpost. It actually means doorpost, okay, or on the gate. We went in through uh, the king's gate and we went in through Herod's gate into the old city and all those gates have a big mezuzah about this big on the side of the gate. It's pretty amazing to think, you know, wow. And it's to remember God. And on the mezuzah is the letter Shin. It stands for Shaddai. S-H-A-D-D-A-I. Shaddai. And Inside of every mezuzah is a small scroll, and written on the scroll is what's called the Shema, S-C-H-E-M-A, Shema Israel. And uh, this is the prayer that every Hebrew or every Jewish person prays daily. And, 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 and it's found in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Why don't you just open your Bibles? You have a real Bible? Open your Bible. Deuteronomy 6 and get your pen out so you can underline this this could be a daily prayer for you and your family too and if you memorize it you could go by a mezuzah and every time you go into your house you could say this not bad hey that's what they do they say this prayer every time they go in or out of their house this is the prayer that a Jewish family a devout Jewish family prays Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 through 9 Shema Israel. The word Shema means here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the one, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your head, on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frame of your houses and on your gates. Hear, O Lord. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Duchel family. Hear, O celebration. The Lord your God is one. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, and all your strength. And, of course, Jesus said the second commandment is thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. You shall write these commandments on your hearts and press them upon your children. When you sit down, when you rise up, when you walk along the way, that means all the time. Pretty neat, hey? So the shin, and it stands for Shaddai. Now, this word Shaddai is an incredible word in the Bible, and it means enough. Some of you have studied in the Bible, you've, you've gone to Bible school, you've been told that El Shaddai, El Shaddai, the name of God, El Shaddai, is the God who is more than enough. But in reality, Shaddai is not just more than enough, it's also enough. And God says, I have enough to supply. In fact, one of the expressions of El Shaddai, or Shaddai, is the breasted one. The one who has enough milk to supply the need for a baby to grow, for a family to grow. And so that's a picture that we have through the scriptures. It's a, it's a fantastic picture. 
it indicates that God knows what enough is. See, some people don't think God knows what enough is, or they think that God is lacking, or they think that, in some cases, that they deserve more. But see, the God who is enough and who is more than enough knows what you have need of. In Job 38, verse 11, you can put that scripture, it says, And hitherto shalt thou come, but no further, and here shall thy proud waves be stayed. If you study this, you'll find out throughout the discourse between Job and his friends and God, there's this, you know, how, who knows about God? And God himself says, listen, I set the boundaries for the waves of the sea. And he says, the sand on the seashore sets the boundary. He says, no further shall they come. Hear the proud waves. It's enough. It's enough. This, there's enough sea and it stops here. He says, I know where the boundary is. And it's enough for the seas to have their domain. And it's enough for them to stop it at the sandy shore. Does that make sense? And the word is Shaddai. <laughs> he sets the bounds to stop the seas, the sands of the seashore. How many of you know that God knows bounds morally as well? Last week we talked about Noah. And God said, enough. I've had enough of man. I've had enough of man's sinfulness. Man only rises up to be sinful. And he says, it's enough now. How many of you know there's an enough in God? Can I tell you something? I believe in the situation in Zimbabwe, and I don't want to get ahead of myself for the New Year's word, but I think that God says there's enough now. Enough. Amen? And God sets boundaries, and God has moral boundaries that he sets for people. There's enough sometimes in your life. God says, okay, that's enough now. That's enough. I've warned you. I've spanked you. I've corrected you. I've sent prophets to you. I've sent words to you. I've preached to you. I've done all that. Now, consequences. It's enough. There's a moral boundary. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you ever, how many of you come up against that moral boundary? You're not going to pass it. God says, that's it. It's over now. Amen? Not because he just wants to destroy you, because he says, I'm God of enough. Now you're going to, I'm going to listen very carefully because I'm going to show you how this works in just a second. Remember when God said it was enough to the devil in Job's life. Job had been tested and tested and tested of the devil. We get to see behind the scenes and we, Job didn't understand what was going on, but in this discourse when he says the sea has enough, he was really referring to, and in Job's life, this is enough now. And so he told Job, he says, now you pray for your friends who have become your accusers. And he says, as you forgive them and pray for them, he says, what? I will be more than enough for you. I will now establish you. I will cause, and he uses a word shalem, S-H-A-L-E-M, which comes from the word shalom, which means peace, but it also means wholeness. And when you see pictographically what this word shalom means, it's amazing to see what this word means. Look at that picture. Now let me tell you what it means. The, the, the letters are shin on the, on the right, okay, which is teeth or to destroy or to chew. Uh, the, then the next letter is lamed, 
then nun, and then mem. Okay? And, and here's, what, here's what, you can see what those mean. Mem is chaos. See the, the wavy seas over there? Okay? The crook and the, the uh, nun talk about authority in the hand of something. And so here's what this means pictorially. The, 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 the literal meaning of is peace comes, peace comes when the authority that causes chaos is destroyed. <laughs> peace comes when we destroy the authority that causes chaos. Peace comes when we destroy the authority that causes chaos. Can you understand that when you're in a spiritual warfare, every time you succumb to chaos, you lose? But every time you resist the devil, he must flee from you. Every time you resist chaos, every time you bring yourself into order, every time you obey God, that it begins to destroy the chaos in your life, in your family. That's why God blessed us with the understanding of the authority of the believer. Many of you have not studied the authority of the believer, and I recommend that you, there's a book in the bookstore called The Authority of the Believer by Kenneth Hagin, and I would recommend that you get that book and you read it once every six months because it tells you the authority that Jesus Christ gave you when he died on the cross. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. He says, and I delegate it to my sons and daughters. I delegate it to my, to my brothers and sisters. You have a delegated authority from heaven. You are no longer just an earthly creature. You are seated with him in heavenly places. And you have the ability to speak to situations. You have the authority by God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And if you don't understand that, then you will always live a defeated life. You'll always be on your back foot. You'll always be looking for somebody else to deliver you. You'll always be at the mercy of your circumstances and your situation. You'll always be. Many of you have a victim mentality. Oh, it's just so hard. Excuse me? The Son of God paid every price for hard. He opened his arms and made a shin on the cross. He says, by my death and by my sacrifice, I'll give you shalom, peace, and authority to destroy the chaos in your life and to destroy the chaos in this world. In the Greek language, the same word peace is the word irene, irene, I-R-E. Uh, I-R-E-N-E, Irene. It's used 21 times in the Gospels. It's used 58 times from Romans to Revelations. Paul uses Irene 42 times, 13 times in his salutations, peace and grace, grace and peace, grace, peace and mercy to you. 14, uh, 13 times there, 16 times in the remaining eight epistles, six times in the Peters and Johns, Jude in the book of Revelation. God wants you to have peace. Tell your neighbor, God wants you to have peace. But what seems to be lacking in this world? Peace. There is no peace in this world. 
This world is full of chaos, and it's designed to be that way. That's why God says, I want you to have peace. And when the shin gets out of order or gets in the wrong place, that's what happens. Chaos, falsehood, and lack of peace. You see, the Jews and the Hebrews, and even many believers, have learned to greet each other with the phrase shalom. You know, we go to Israel, and all of a sudden we become very Jewish. I love our trips to Israel. Shalom, shalom. What does that mean? Peace to you. In fact, in, 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 in Hebrew, they say shalom ka. Shalom ka. And what it really means when you say shalom ka is wellness or wholeness to you. I declare wholeness and, and wellness over your life. Shalom ka. Turn to your neighbor and say shalom ka. In some versions uh, or in some places in the Bible, it's a double shalom. It's shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. What, what does that mean? Shalom, shalom. Well, in Isaiah 26, verse 3, the Bible says this. This is a verse I memorized a long time ago. In fact, this is one of my life verses. It says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. See where it says perfect peace? Perfect peace? Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom. That's perfect peace. Thou shalt keep you in shalom, shalom. Keep your heart in shalom, shalom. Why? Because your mind is stayed on thee. Shin, the shin. Peace is ruling in my life. Lord, I'm not going to succumb to this. I'm going to walk in peace. I'm going to walk in self-control. I'm going to let you be king and Lord over my life. You know, on, on Shabbat, which is the Saturday, the sixth day of the week in Israel, everybody walks around saying, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Say Shabbat Shalom. Well, what does that mean? It means, what is, what is Shabbat? It's the day of rest, right? So it's have a peaceful rest. Have a peaceful rest. How many of you could use a peaceful rest? Just turn to your neighbor and say, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. You see, here's what we have to understand. Now, I want, now I'm going to get right down to the nub of this. Now, listen very carefully. You can't really see the presence of God. I know there's many people that say, you know, if I could just see God, if I could just, God, if you just let me see. My namesake, Thomas, if I could just put my finger in the wounds of his hands, if I could put my hand in his side, then I'll believe. But Jesus said, no, no, no. Better is he who believes without seeing. Can you understand that? And don't we all want to see God and see God move? Well, the Bible describes this in a very peculiar way. He says, he says that the moving of God is like the wind. It's like the wind. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, listeth where he wills. He blows where he wills. How many of you know you can't see the wind? Has anybody ever seen the wind? No, you don't see the wind but you see the effect of the wind. That's how God is. The Bible is so clear. It tells us how he operates. He says, you can't see God, but you can see the effect of God. You can experience the effects of God 
in your life. So let me close this morning with these thoughts. In the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the first verse, the Bible says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. I like one verse that says, Be imitators of God. When I first heard this scripture as a young Christian, I thought, How do you imitate something you can't see? God, how do I imitate you? When I, 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 you know, when I can't see you. But let me tell you how you imitate God. When you see Christ-likeness in a leader or in a husband or in a wife, or you see somebody doing a Christ-like thing, first of all, acknowledge it. And secondly, imitate it. Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Do you follow what I'm saying? You know, my wife and I have made it a habit in our lives to go and wherever we travel or wherever we meet people, even here in Zimbabwe, we've met some of you and we see you do something with your family or we see you do something in your marriage or we see you do something in the way you run your business or the way you run your lives and we say, oh man, that's neat. Tell us about that. Well, God showed us or we learned this or my parents passed that down to us. We'll steal it. I'll steal that idea. I want that for my family. Why? Because it's godly, it's Christ-like, and I'll imitate you. I'll imitate that anytime. My wife and I are great imitators. We're constantly looking at people and their families trying to learn. Trying to learn. I think I, I think I could look out and see at least a dozen families that I've stolen something from you. Maybe more. You may not know I stole it from you, but I stole it. I didn't really steal it. I believe it's copyrighted. That means I have the right to copy it. (laughs) You follow what I'm saying? So I'm copying you. I'm imitating you. When you do something that's imitation that that looks like Jesus, I'm saying, that's cool. I want to be like that. Hey, I never thought of that. Man, I I never had a little girl before. I thank God for... Wayne Roberts. I thank God for Carl Stridham, who had girls. They didn't know, but I'm asking them all kinds of questions. Now, okay, when they do this, what, well, you know, I never asked. I didn't act like I didn't know what was going on. I just acted like, yeah, you know, you know how it is with girls, don't you? <laughs> I made it sound like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, because I'm you know the pastor. I can't not know. <laughs> but they didn't know I was. They were all shad-eyed at me at that moment in time. I'm sucking on their breath, saying, please, 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 help me. I'm learning. Little girls are peculiar creatures. Anybody know that yet? I married one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just tap your neighbor and say, I think I know what he's talking about. So, imitators of God, right? Imitators of God. So now, what does that have to do with shin? Put the shin up. You notice it has three heads. Three heads. And here's what that simply means. In in Hebrew, it's very funny language because there's usually a positive and a negative in everything. 
God is so into your choice, it's unbelievable. He depicts it everywhere. There's a verse of scripture that says, I place before you blessing and cursing. I place before you life and death. Choose blessing. Choose life. But who chooses? Who chooses? Tap yourself right here in the heart and say, I choose. Tell your neighbor, I'm the, I make the choice. Life and death is my choice. Blessing and cursing is my choice. So, do you remember in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, it says, for unto us a child is born. You could put that scripture up, but then come back to the shin in just a second. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Almighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Shalom, the Prince of Peace. Do you know what that word Prince of Peace means? Besides Prince of Shalom, it is the future chief of well-being and wholeness. The future chief or king of well-being and wholeness. Remember in John chapter 14, verse 27, the Bible says, peace I leave you. Just as Jesus talking, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. My shalom I give you. My shalom. Not like the world's peace. My shalom. I'm giving you a peace that surpasses understanding. Look at Hebrews 13. Now may the God of shalom, may the God of peace. Here's the shin. Who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. How does he do this? How does he work in us? In peace. I'm going to tell you something. It is very difficult for God to work in you unless there's peace. Because he is the God of peace. The devil is constantly working to bring you into fear, turmoil, strife, jealousy, Malice, greed, hatred, all the works of the flesh. The devil works overtime to get you out of peace, to get the shin in the wrong place. Why? Because when the shin is in the wrong place, it creates chaos in your life. Can you see what I'm teaching today? That's why this is so important. Look at Numbers 25. I love this. This is an Old Testament picture. It says, And Israel bowed in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifice of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay 
ye every one his men that were joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought to his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were 20 and 4,000. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has turned my wrath away from the children of Israel while he was zealous for my sake amongst them that I consume not the children of Israel in my jealousy. Now listen to this. Wherefore say, behold, I give unto him my covenant of shalom, my covenant of peace. And he shall have it and his seed after him, even the covenant of an everlasting priesthood, because he was zealous for his God and made an atonement for the children of Israel. Oh, man. Can I tell you something? The Bible says that this man, because of his zeal for God, because he said, this is wrong. And he went and he took a spear and he put it through Zimri, the, the Israelite, and Cosby, the Midianite, the Midianitish woman. Pierced it through his back and through her chest and into the ground. Killed them both right there in the act. What does it mean to repent? They didn't repent, by the way. <laughs> they died. But who did repent? Who repented? God did. It said, because of what Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, has done, he hath turned away my wrath. He hath turned my wrath away. That word turn away is shuv. The shin is there, shuv. To turn away. To destroy chaos. Tashuva. I talked about that early in the year. means to repent. God tashuvat. He turned away his wrath from the children of Israel because of a righteous man or a righteous woman. Can I tell you something? When you rise up and you say, I'm going to have peace in my home. I'm going to bring peace to my house. I'm going to put the shin here on my door, in my heart. There will be peace. Can I tell you something? It'll turn away the chaos. It'll turn away the wrath. It'll turn away the attack of an enemy. God desires that. And God says, because of this righteous man, because of this righteous woman, I've turned away my wrath and I have given him a covenant of shalom, a covenant of peace. Amen? In Genesis, the 22nd chapter, Verses 7 and 8. The Bible says, And Isaac spake to him, spake to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. 
And he said, behold the fire, and behold the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. And so they went together. Well, the word lamb is the word sea, S-E-A, like the seas, but it doesn't mean sea. But it's, there's the shin again, to, to destroy, to take away, to take away chaos. And, and, the, and the literal translation says, as he turned to his son, he says, God will be seen on the mount. God will be seen on the mount. I'd like you to see a picture of the city of Jerusalem and Mount Moriah. Could you put that picture up? See where it says right there, Mount Moriah in the middle? That's exactly where Abraham offered Isaac. But can you see the three river valleys? That's where, by the way, that's where the city of Jerusalem is, the Mount of Olives, across the Valley of Jehoshaphat, which is now what we call the Kidron Valley, over to the Mount Moriah and Zion. Those three little river valleys form a shin. That's the city of Jerusalem on those mountains right there. And God says, I will put my name on this city. I will show my name on the mount. God leaves nothing to chance. Do you remember when the Bible says, I will write my name in your heart? Just show the cross section of the heart. Excuse me? What does the heart look like? I've written my name in your heart. Right there, baby. The shin. <laughs> Put the shin back up. Just the shin now. Remember in Hebrews 12, verse 2? Well, you can put this verse up and then the shin back up, okay? It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter, or the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. You know, our God, Yahweh, has been leading us into a lot of truth these days. But when the Bible says, look unto Jesus, there's a reason that the Bible says that. And it has to do with the shin. I said before that the, there's a negative and a positive. Remember in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that two are better than one, but a threefold cord is uneasily broken. Well, the threefold cord or the third cord in the relationship, in a marriage or whatever you have a relationship where there's three cords, is Jesus. It's God. In the Old Testament, it would be God. In the New Testament, we know it's Jesus. If you choose, you can look at the negative in life. There's some people that they just have a negative bent in life. They have no peace. Because everything is viewed from, well, it's the cup's half empty. Life's just terrible. Everything's hard. And you receive exactly what you focus on. And it's the nature of the shin. The shin can be negative. And if you agree with the negative, you determine to have the negative in your life. If you agree with the curse, you have the curse in your life. Not because God is cursing you, but because you're agreeing with the negative. You're agreeing with the curse. 
When the press is trying to get you to agree with their negativity, it's so that they can control you. When a government creates negative things, knowing the next end result, it's so that they can bring you under control and take away freedom. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Do you follow what I'm saying? So you have the choice. But this day, as for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. Joshua. He says, you do whatever you're going to do, but as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Choose this day. Life or death. Blessing or As for me and my house, we'll choose life. We're going to choose blessing. When the shin is up, I'm not going to lean towards the negative. I'm going to lean towards the positive and say, hey, God, let your peace be here. God, let your grace be here. Lord, Shaddai, let your sufficiency be here. Yes, I know my bank account is on zero, but you know what? I know who you are. Shaddai. Shalom. Shuva. See, the shin is in the right, I'm going to keep my shin in the right place. Seven times a day will I praise you. Why? Because guess what? I don't feel like it. I'm sick of standing in this line. I'm tired of not having what I need. Nonetheless, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. When I'm tempted to do the Deal, the crooked one. Wait, 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 just a minute. Father, I don't want to do this crooked deal. I'm going to resist this, and I'm going to ask you to vindicate me. I'm going to put the shin in the right place, and El Shaddai, just like on Mount Moriah, where you put your name on that mount, and you put your name on a lowly sheep, a lamb, Oh, not the lamb on the mountain, but a prophetic act that brought the lamb of God for all men. Because one man put his shin in the right place. He said, I will not. I will trust you, God, that you'll be able to resurrect my son. I'm ready to plunge a knife into the heart of my son on the mountain where you said you would provide. You'll either provide by resurrection or you'll provide by some other means. And God did. He stopped him and said, there's a ram whose horns are caught in a thicket. And God became El Shaddai right there on that mountain. And Jehovah Jireh, the one who's more than enough. Can you see what I'm talking about? Is your shin in the right place? You determine whether it is or not. You determine this day. You determine every day, blessing or cursing in your life. Boy, I'll tell you what. I I see people, they get on each other, and they destroy their own blessing with their mouths. They destroy their mates, their spouses with their mouths. They destroy their children with their mouths. Well, you crazy thing, you, 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 you're not ever going to get a good job. Oh, really? If you don't get good grades, excuse me, that's not motivating your kid. Put the shin in the right place. Get rid of the chaos. Come here, sweetheart. You know what? I know you're struggling with school right now. I know that these are hard classes. But you know what? God will help you. Mom and dad, we're going to help you. We're going to get there with you. We're going to help you get through this. You're, I know you feel like you're stupid right now, but you're not. You're one of the, you, 
How could you be stupid when you have such a brilliant mother and, and me? Huh? The acorn never falls too far from the tree. Look how smart we are. Hey? Tap your neighbor and say, he's talking about me now. He's talking about me now. Is this helping anybody? But how many of you? You'll be a street sweeper. You'll just be like your grandpa. You'll be like old Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe, you know how he is? Really? Why would you talk like that to your kids? Ask your neighbor, why would you talk like that? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Why? Because you're aligning yourself with God or you're aligning yourself with cursing. As for me and my house, I got to get the shin in the right place. I want my shin in the right place. Amen? If there's anybody here today and you say, hey, I have lack of peace in my life. I, I realize that chaos is ruling. The whole frustration thing is in me. And I realize it's because sometimes I compromise. Sometimes I'm fearful. Sometimes I've been manipulated. Sometimes I'm controlled. And I've not put my shit in the right place. That's the right time. It's 11 o'clock. It's actually 10.59.51. It's close enough. I was trying to time it perfectly, you know. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I want to break that pattern of frustration, that pattern of cursing, that pattern of negativity, would you just stand to your feet and lift your hands? Say, that's me. I'm going to break that curse today. I'm going to, I'm going to get my shin in the right place. Shalom is coming to my house. Shalom is coming to my house. I repent. I shuva. I teshuva before you, Lord. I teshuva. I, I, I'm taking my shin and by proud my prideful heart and I'm saying I'm submitting it to you today I'm submitting it to you I'm worshiping you our pastors are coming to the altar as our pastors come to the altar some of you are standing there and I know that you've lifted your hands and you're lifting your hearts but something spoke to you today God spoke to you today something out of this word pierced your heart revelation came to you today Something like scales fell from your eyes. All of a sudden, you're seeing something you'd never saw before. All of a sudden, you have heard it, but now you have listened. Now you have it on the inside of you. And you say, you know what, God? I want to seal this. I want to seal this at the altar today. Let your altar speak to me. I'm going to come to the altar today. Maybe you need to seal it with a pastor. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. You're not born again. Or you've gone to church your whole life maybe. I don't know. I went to church my whole early childhood until I was 18, 19 years old. And I knew all the rules of church. I was trained in that church. And then somebody introduced me to Jesus. Oh, there's a big difference between religion and Jesus. You don't get saved because you go to a church or because you're in a church any more than you become a Volkswagen by being in a garage. You get born again 
and you give your life to Christ. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to slip out of the seat as others are going to be coming to the altar. And I want you to come and speak to one of my pastors. Just say, you know what? When pastor was talking about that, I've never done that. I'd like to give my life to Christ. Others of you need to come to a pastor and say, you know what? I have such chaos in my life. I, I, I want to repent publicly. I want to be held accountable. Others of you don't need a pastor. You just need to find a place to kneel at an altar and say, oh God, today I heard your voice. Our pastor preached to my heart. Would you be Shaddai for me? Would you lead me to Teshuva? Would you be Shalom? I choose to look unto Jesus. I choose to look unto righteousness. I choose to look unto God and not to look at this negative thing. I've been looking at the wrong thing. I'm going to get my shin in the right place. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.